Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 295 of Rave Radio, the show about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Shan, and joining me in the orange carrier today for this episode is uh, the um, Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Suv. What up? The, what's your job title this week, Ben? Health and safety, I'm assuming. I don't believe in that. Anyway, we have our head of health and safety, uh, Ada Vice. Oh my God, Shan, it's so big. Thank you. And uh, we also have um, a special guest this week, uh, Mac Winston. Hello. Hello. So let's do the traditional, what have we been up to this week? So from the top, Sue, we haven't seen you for a while. How have you been doing? Uh, good. Um, I mean, that's a... A very broad question. Uh, I have been fine. I've had um, uh, I have insomnia, which kicks my ass several times a year, um, and I've had a particularly bad episode of that recently, um, which led to some very funny hours being kept um, and uh, and quite a few days spent zombi- zombified. Um, hence my absence, but uh, but no, broadly fine um, and. Um, Excited to be back in the studio, I guess. So I guess you haven't had much time for gaming, or have you been gaming at like three in the morning? Uh, definitely, definitely gaming at like three in the morning, um, and lots of Total War Warhammer um, rather than uh, space games, actually. So you're preparing for the Frontier RTS game, which I believe has a Warhammer connection. It's yeah, it's the Age of Sigma. I don't know, like preparing is the wrong word. I, I, I didn't, didn't generally play many i i played um uh what's it called uh, total annihilation back in the 90s when i was a child and really enjoyed that and then didn't really play any strategy games until recently and then a friend bought me total warhammer 2 for my birthday or christmas i think and i absolutely love it it's totally brilliant um and um and i've been having great great fun um taking over the world of skaven um but um uh, so yeah, I'm fairly fairly recent convert to strategy games in in general. Um, and uh, the Warhammer world is not anything that I've ever uh, I've never really sort of delved into it or or been into that stuff. But um, but I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's hilarious. Um, the Frontiers strategy game I'm slightly dubious about because um, they don't have any pedigree in making real time strategy games, um, which are quite complex and involve lots of interlocking systems. Um, but they are very good at management games, which is not a million miles away. So, uh, so it could potentially be exciting. But, um, uh, but yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting one to watch, certainly. And um, Ben, what have you been up to this week? Um, I've I've actually been playing Star Citizen a fair amount. Get off um, the show! Come on, be <laughs> off with you. Um, and yeah, no, there was a patch for Star Citizen recently where they added in eating and drinking. And wow. Indeed. And, you know, the the stations are littered with vending machines everywhere. So I thought, I need to eat. So I go along to a vending machine, which don't fecking work. Um, Eventually, just before I was about to starve, I found out that the clothes shop sells bottles of water. Oh, so you actually have to buy food and drink and stuff like that. You have to buy food and drink to live. So if you don't log on for a week, you end up dead. I don't know if it happens while you're while you're not logged in, but certainly while you're logged in and you're doing stuff, you get thirsty and you get hungry, uh, or you get too hot or too cold and things like that, Jess. 
See, I don't like personally. I'm not into that sort of thing. It just, you know, I have enough trouble keeping myself alive in real life, <laughs> let alone having to do it in a game. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to eating and drink. Well, eating and drinking mechanic in Red Dead Redemption, I guess. I'm not fully convinced for the necessity of it, but you know, I guess some people will go my immersion. Um, but yeah, so the my experiences though with SC is. Yeah, it's still Star Citizen. It's still rather buggy, and oh my god, the resources it chews up are ridiculous. But it is but it's fun. Well, I don't know if I'd describe that as fun or not. It is past the time, or is that too rude? It it, it is a I live in space simulator, or at least it has the potential to be that. So hey, okay, well we shall. Uh... Yeah. get reports on that a bit later on. So Mac, what have you been up to this week? Um, I mean, I was just thinking about that Star System thing. So, so it's, it's it's they're channeling uh, NetHack. I don't know whether you've played those uh, roguelike oh, yeah. dungeon crawlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you always got hungry in those, and you could actually eat too much. <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, just thinking Gauntlet of <laughs> Red Warrior needs food badly. But yeah, if you, people are complaining about the upkeep of food ca- uh, food carriers, fleet carriers. I mean, if you if you have to um, have body upkeep in Star Citizen, that's going to be something else. Yeah, well, I've been I've been joining the hordes in Baran around Baran A two for the last last of the LTD mining. So I've I've been been down the mines, been down down to pit for the uh, for a while. And also, my alt account's been uh, on the Eastern Promise expedition. We've we're just about this. The next scheduled stop is actually Magellan Star, which is the easternmost visitable, or I think it's just the easternmost from Sol Star there is. So um, there, that, I'm going to have to use a bunch of Jumponium to get there, but I've, I've not got too many jumps to do there. But yeah, Baran, yeah, the, the, the Baran chat's just absolutely manic when it's going. Because um, that's gone now, hasn't it? Yeah, it... Uh, or rather, all the all the um, hotspots have been reshuffled, but because of the addition of uh, of, of the uh, tritium. So, oh, yeah, Doctor Ross basically yeah. came along and said, "I want a new galaxy," and sprinkled yeah. it with a little magic wand. Yep, and that's it. So anyway, we all enjoyed our. I did my last couple of hundred tons of LTDs and got those. I I was I was I was in two minds. I think should I save them for my fleet carry and store them and wait for a really good price, or should I just sell them? I just in the end, I just decided to sell them because you never know what happens. You might come back and they've been globally nerfed in price or something. Well, so I have I, seen a couple of screenshots yeah. where LTDs have plummeted in price. I don't know if Yeah, so I, I thought I'd sell them while the going's good. Um, so I, I flogged the last lot. So I, I got plenty enough to buy a carrier and fit out how it wants. But at the moment, I can't even connect. I'm on fail count equals 33. It just clicked up once. Um, so I guess it's the usual launch day blues there. Uh, the, the servers are probably being hammered and have all, like, collapsed. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I've been playing a bit of uh, Call of Duty as well. I got that recently uh, and had to sit through many, many, many patches. Uh, literally every time I went to play it, there was another patch. Usually they were small, they were small but then there was this gigantic, I don't know, it was like 40 gig. It was an enormous patch. 
And it took me about, because what I tend to do with these huge ones, I let them go overnight because, well, I need my internet connection in the day. And when I'm at work, I'm I'm also not in Windows. I'm in Linux when I'm at work, so I, I can't really download. I have to reboot my PC to download these things. But it it would it would download about four or five gigs, and then it would fall over and fail. And the because I, I bought I got it via Blizzard. Um, it's one of their partner games, and so I that their, their launcher isn't smart enough to um, the launcher isn't smart enough to. Um, retry after a while but anyway i got it in the end i've played through the campaign and the campaign is pretty good fun so um yep i'd i'd recommend that i'm gonna i'm kind of a bit scared about going online always because I, I i always hate being the noob who's completely clueless and doesn't know what they're doing and i i used to play return to castle wolfenstein enemy territory a lot and i, I love the team <laughs> games but Mac, I am happy to be a noob with you. Yeah, I, I'll have to. I have to hit you up on that because I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to go and uh, do some, do some of the team games on that. On that, yeah. yeah but, my eleven-year-old, sorry, my thirteen-year-old son kicks my ass, and it, yeah. it's well worth it. I, I'll, I'll have my ass kicked too. I mean, I'm. I the, the other thing I've I, I play occasionally is um, oh, what what not, the one with the zombies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down a lot. Left for Dead, Left for Dead, yeah, Left for Dead too. And and I always I always have the worst I always have the worst statistics at the end of the at, at the end of the at the end of the, the match. But yeah, I, I kind of enjoy them. I always enjoyed um enemy territory as well. Other than that, yeah, oh we caught a really good series on Amazon Prime. Uh it's called Deutschland eighty three. I don't speak German, so I don't know what eighty three is in German, so sorry for all the German speakers. Um it's it's actually German, it's subtitled in English, and it's a basically it's about a East German spy gone over to West Germany in nineteen eighty three during the time of the Able Archer exercise, which at the time the Soviet Union thought was cover for a preemptive strike against against the Eastern Bloc. So that's a pretty good series. I if if I, I would I'd recommend watching that. It's it's So is it historical or is it like an old, no, it's, old it's a, history? It's a it's a it's a dramatization. Um it's it's not based on it's based on it's fictional characters, but it's the 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 framework of it is the actual events that were going on in back in nineteen eighty three. <laughs> the funny thing is I'm watching it and I'm th- I think because you, you you get glimpses of East Germany as well and the, the banned books and I was thinking, all they have to do if only they knew that all they had to do was wait seven years, they could avoid all this risk. Um, but yeah, there's there's also a, we're on the first series now. There's a second series which is like I think it's Deutschland '86 or something, which picks it up a few years later. So anyway, we're we're really enjoying that. So uh, that's a that's a good one. Also, watching Buffy. I never what back back in the day when it was new. I never saw Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'm enjoying that too. That's another series we're going through. So after watching Buffy, you have Buffy. You have to move on to Angel too. By the way. Yeah, and and also we started on Good Omens. We've watched the first episode of that. that Good was, Omens is uh, hilarious and brilliant. That was really good. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, so that's another it's perfect casting in yeah. Yeah. Good Omens. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, although I, I can't help seeing being Doctor Who, you know, David Tennant's in it. And I, <laughs> Who doesn't I, I like Doctor Who and Bilbo Who. Baggins as demons and gods? Well, yeah. angels and demons. No, it's not Bilbo Baggins. Martin Sheen didn't play Bilbo Baggins in the movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, I'm thinking it's Bilbo Baggins, but it isn't. You're right. Sorry. But yes, he he, he certainly is channeling Doctor Who at some point in the series, yes. which is no bad yeah. thing. But but yeah, it's it's yeah, they're 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 three on the watch list right now. Um, so yeah, um, we've been enjoying those. So. Um, and we it's actually just started to rain here for about the first time in six weeks. So there you go. <laughs> Hurrah. Right, so what have I been up to? Um, well, in-game, I've obviously just gone and bought my fleet carrier and fully decked it out. Um, been taking on a whistle-stop tour of where all my ships are because I'm too tight to pay them to be shipped in one place. So I've been moving my carrier around. Oh, I, I have heard up. that apparently Commander Pilot has already joined and docked up with the orange ice lolly or something like that. I called it the orange carrier, I think it was. It was something boring. Um, but yes, I, I also actually used some arcs this week, and I'm, I expect we'll come on to that later um, to make my carrier more attractive to um, very welcome and pleasing guests. So, Doc, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the hospitality of my carrier. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm doing in game. Out of game, um, I have not been banned from driving by the Tesla this week. Does this just mean you're learning to hack it instead? Well, not really hack it. It's got it's got foibles. Like the um, we watched a uh, a video of someone who sort of tests the limits of the autopilot and the self driving, and we were noticing how they how and where they were positioning their hands on the wheel, because we kind of had our hands resting at the bottom of the wheel as if you were driving a normal car. Um, but apparently there are sensors. You know your steering wheel's got like a T shape, isn't it? So you've got the support to either side, and there are sensors either sides of the T. So if you rest your hand either side of the T, you're touching both sensors so it doesn't ever come and nag at you. Hmm. Uh, there used to be an issue, a trick before uh, Tesla fixed it, where you could... Um, cut an orange nearly in half, put a cloth over the orange, and then put the orange over the wheel. And the um, tension of the orange being clamped to the wheel would allow you to drive along with impunity. But Tesla stopped that because that's how these accidents happened where people were killed, unfortunately. So, yes, I haven't, haven't been banned from that. We also had, very boring, but we had the um, home charger put in today. The what? Uh, the, what? the home charger. Oh, your Tesla the, charger, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's not the super quick one, but that will cost three or four thousand pounds to have three phase put in the house and stuff like that. So this is a seven kilowatt one, which is enough mm -hmm. to charge the car in about six hours. So you plug it in, go to bed, and by the time you need it in the morning, it's got another 300 miles in. But uh, the other thing I've been got is I'm getting really into the math and the stats of it all. So it's it's really appealing to me for me statistical point of view like we worked out it costs us at the moment uh three pounds 20 to put uh, 300 and something miles in the car a time so compare that to a, a, a tank of fuel and it's um yes it's, it's working out very cheaply oh nice uh, i haven't made anyone vomit in it yet i, I keep trying um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had lots of John, stop it no ah! um <laughs> sounds but nothing to make people vomit yeah um, maybe i'll have to try it lavecon <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i've been up to all week um so we've actually have some development news there is good news um, good news 
Ben, there's apparently a Galnet article, and it's not fake Galnet either. Holy shit, there's a Galnet article, indeed. Yeah, no, there's... Oh, to release today, there's a Galnet article that... You'd have thought if they're going to release a Galnet article today, it would be all about Brewer Corporation launching fleet carriers. But no. The Vitadine nanomedicines reach, galactic, reach the galactic market. Um... And basically, this is all to do with a new rare good that's been released that is coming out in the... I've lost... It's Elon Doc, I think it is. Uh, I've lost... I had the location earlier. In the Kuma system. But yeah, if you head over to Kuma, then there is a new rare, rare good for you to have, and it's all medicine-y. What, uh, do, do we know the name of the rare good? Vitadine nano, Nanomedicines. Um... Oh. I think that's the name of the rare good, I suspect. Nice. Um, but I can't get in-game, so I can't go to Kuma, so I can't double-check. <laughs> but if I could, we, I would. Do we know the quantities of it? Because I know a lot uh, of rare goods have a limited quantity, isn't they? Like only two or three yen. Yes. Well, if I feel I could get in-game, then I could get to the Kuma system, then I could have a look at it, and then I could try, but I can't. Excellent. But otherwise, I would. So uh, do we think this um, Galnet article will actually lead anywhere other than to the rare good? Do you think it's well, a presumably prelude? it's going to lead to the Kuma system. Well, I, I <laughs> That's thought what I said was, other than that. I mean, I is there a CG be, um, or something? I thought it would be uh, sort of setting the stage for another interstellar initiative, uh, but Peter Wotherspoon said that um, he thought uh, actually going to be um, wrapping up the inclusion of a, uh, of, of, um, a storyline to introduce uh, that rare good that um, that Ben mentioned. So, uh, so no, it doesn't. It doesn't look at the moment like it's leading anywhere. It was a bit of a blast, uh, blast from the past, though. I was like, wow! Suddenly, there's a there's a, a three hundred like, words that doesn't relate to holy, gameplay holy at all. Shit. Um, and uh, came out of absolutely nowhere when they said they weren't going to do that anymore. So, pretty surprising. Which is really ironic because they said there wasn't going to be a Galnet article today. On today's, we're launching a new patch stream. Mm, indeed. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they meant wasn't going to be a Galnet article about the. Maybe. No idea, but yeah. <laughs> Nicely case, ironic. Another another rare good. Another that's that's another Sagi article, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. Yep. Definitely. Right. So even more news. Um fleet carriers. Dum 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 are finally out. So who is buying one, intending to buying one, and what usage are you going to put it towards? I'm still not buying one. I don't but think I will, I'm I will use either. I think that I, I, I like the fact that they that they exist now, but um, uh, but I'm still not convinced that it's worth uh, that it's worth buying one. But really, that's because they that's because um, I think I'm on a bit of a break from elite at the moment, and they are not enough to get me to the the prospect of grinding all that money so I can have one doesn't appeal enough to they're not appealing enough for me to think that's a decent trade off. Um, I like that they're there, and I will. I now have that you know there is a direction arrow to my earnings in game. Like I'm, they're not just going to accrue uselessly now. Um, at some point, I will buy one with with money that I earn in game, um, and I, I like that that option is there in the future. But I don't feel a burning desire to have one now. I'm getting one as soon as I can log in. I'm getting one. <laughs> I have. So, I, I do. I do have. Um, we got BGS uses for them. So, so mine. I'm and get one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fit it out with. It'll have a shipyard. So, when we're having to deal with BGS work in those systems with only medium pads, people can summon their ships there. 
it'll have repair repair and refuel because when you go to these a lot of these small systems the outposts have one or the other but never both so yeah i'm i'm gonna, i'm pretty much as, as soon as i can get to a fleet carrier system i can have one right so apparently there's also a dinner sale on oh, i was going to say what about yourself shan are you are you getting one well i know you oh, you have got one. one but what what is your use apart from luring innocent commanders um well that's that's enough isn't it i don't know um yeah i just think i'd just get one just for the just for the lols really i'm not i haven't really got a a use for it what i probably will do is i'll store all my modules and all my ships on it and then i'll just sort of like become a space hobo carrying all my worldly possessions around in one place maybe um but we'll see. I mean, there's still lots of um, potential uses for them. Whether they, whether you deem them worth the money and the expenditure or not, is a different. Um, it is a personal question, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I agree with that. But yeah, so I've I've got one. Um, kind of, it's in lave at the moment. Whether it will stay in lave, I'm not sure. I do think that the um, I do look forward to the ability to have all my ships in the same place. I think that will be really, really good. And I'm I'm alright in thinking that you can um, uh, that carrying all your ships is a is a, a standard thing now. Yes, the personal shipyard. Um, yeah, is that what it's called? Exists. Well, no, it's not called a personal shipyard. But when you buy the carrier, it comes with a shipyard just for you. Yeah. If you want other people just to use your store their ships in your carrier you have to buy the shipyard module yeah okay um i was interested in um uh i was very interested to see that we now that the mystery of the different carrier models has now been explained um and that it is just cosmetic items i thought perhaps that they would be um different that they would the, the different models of carrier would be different functions um and that they would i don't know some of them might have longer jump ranges and some of them might have more cargo space or whatever um but it turns out that they are all just cosmetic and don't have any impact on on statistics at all um which uh it might be slight um general on we creeping in but I, I was slightly disappointed to see that they were cosmetic only and um purchasable with arcs rather than being uh, earnable within game gubbins and had an impact on gameplay. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I well, I I like the designs they had when they showed them off last year. You know, we had the exploration carrier and the yes combat. I like those designs. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the current designs that are in the store. I'm kind of hoping they'll get more elaborate. I mean, one of them looks like it's running through a brick wall. And got a squashed nose. <laughs> yes, it does slightly. Yes, <laughs> and uh, the other one, I don't know. I, I'm not sure of the um, almost spherical cockpit on the front of it. And so, yeah, I can see where the game with it. I'm sure some people like them, but personally, uh, they weren't for me. So, would you? Um, sorry, I have to. Admit, I quite like the the hammerhead of the victory class one. Well, that's, that's the one, one that's referring to. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, one that runs a brick wall. It, okay, no, I, I like that one because it looks, I don't know if it is, but it looks like it sort of just goes up crazy vertical. And I, I like that. It's, I thought you were meaning the brick wall being the the fortune class one, which is just like very, very snub nose. But what the actual victory one did remind me of a little bit is some of the designs for castle ships in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah, I was getting true. off at as yeah. well. 
the Nautilus, I think, has a slight 2001 Space Odyssey it, vibe it, to it. it. Yeah, it, it does, yes. Yeah. Um, I wish I'm sure there'll be... I'm waiting for Christmas when they'll no doubt have a... Oh, did we get a Christmas tree shape from? Uh, oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> you just have little prongs of all the different branches and you, everyone's got like a... a... Fairy lights extra. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I like that idea. I like the fact they're using the designs. I like the fact that they've that they're they're making it into game. Um, it would be cool if there were variants of the Drake class. I assumed that the Drake class would be the pointy nose ones, and then the Hammerhead one would have its own its, its own name. I mean, they do have names: Fortune class, Victory class, Nautilus class. Um, you know, I, I assume that they would all be purchasable in game, and and would and that your choice of fleet carrier would reflect your your gameplay style. Um, the fact that they are cosmetic alone is um, a little bit of a shame, I think. You know what really actually upsets me about every one of these designs? None <laughs> of them have a spoiler on the back. <laughs> it is weird that they have a front and a back, I think. I, I don't know, I've always found fleet carriers weird. Like, they're essentially space stations and they, they travel in jumps, um, mm. and yet they have thrusters on one end and, and, and what appear to be wings. Like, they, they look like vehicles designed to travel in a direction, but they don't really travel using any sort of useful definition of the word. They just sort of instantaneously jump from one place to another. Well, that's the same as a lot of sci-fi ships, isn't it? They they all tend to be designed as if they're going to fly through an atmosphere. Yeah, you're right. They they never do. Um, So, yeah, we we shall see. Have you had your eyes on any of the um, extras in the store? You know, the the skins and the voice packs and things like that? I like the look. I think if I got a fleet Gary, I'd get the Nautilus class one, and I'd put the salvage blue paint job on it. I think that those both look really, really pretty. I think when I eventually do get one in 2035 or something, I will, uh, I will thoroughly enjoy spending all the arcs that I've accrued on them. So talking about the arcs, I mean, some of the items. What, what do you think about some of the pricing for some of the paint jobs and add-ons and things like that for carriers? I'll leave that to Ben. I think. I think some of the things. I mean. The twelve thousand pack, twelve thousand arcs for the for the layouts. Normal layouts are about ten to twelve, aren't they? For normal ship kits, yeah. For normal ship kits, um, so that seems reasonable. The paint jobs, again, they seem reasonable because they're normally about three thousand, four thousand, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So that's considering again... how much paint there is. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I hadn't thought of that considering how much paint there is. <laughs> Great um, point. What does surprise me, though, is how much the engine colours are. That seems... I, I can't get into the store at the moment to compare, which is another story in its own right. Um, but the the engine colour seems expensive to what I remember engine colouring being for normal things. They used to be a quid, whales, didn't they? Eh? Well, yeah, there used to be a pound, and now it's 4,000 arcs. So what's that in real money? I don't know, I don't... I, I don't. I've not actually bought any arcs, so. But as Souverine says, these things don't really go anywhere, so I'm not sure what the point of the engine colours are. Yeah, I mean, at least in our ships, we leave nice coloured, pretty engine trails. Um, the I suppose it changed the glow at the back because they they do have a glow at the back. Um, there's uh, that, that's a personal bugbear of mine. Why you know the ship is not moving anywhere? Why the hell are all the chuffing engines on? Well, I think it's because you have to, you have to throttle up to enter frame shift. That's yeah, but the ship is in orbit around its destination. Yeah, it's not doing some kind of plane to change maneuver, or 
it's not it's not accelerating anywhere. The ship <laughs> is just sitting there in chuffing orbit. I, I, Why I, I are do, its main engines turned on? I do feel like the 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 minds that designed the the spaceports have now left the building, and that the people <laughs> who have designed the the fleet carriers are don't definitely are not the kind of people that think about things like realism. Um, mm. One thing that I think something this is going to sound completely stupid, and I am definitely one of these immersion nutcases. But the fact that the fact that fleet carriers apparently have gravity without spinning really, they? really annoys me. So if in the hangars, look around and you will see you will see goods stacked up in piles. Fleet, uh, car- fleet carriers don't spin. Space and, velcro. An, an artificial gala- gravity. What about isn't... in out, uh, when you go to an uh, outpost? You don't they see, not have they no, don't have goods lurking around. No, there's there's no nothing. There's no there's no things piled on each other. There's, okay. there's no evidence of of gravity. So the, the in in the elite universe until fleet carriers, the only the only gravity was um, was centri- centripetal force or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, rotation. And um, uh, and it really annoys me that that uh, that whoever um, and when when we mentioned it to Dav, his response was. Oh, you'll have to take that up with the art guys. It like it, it, it baffles me that there is not a single that, hand that on the to tiller. Me sounds like Dav has mentioned it himself and is essentially crying into his code or something like that. Maybe I, I don't know him well enough to know whether that's whether that, that's likely or not. He, it what it, it just annoyed me because it's sort of evidence that there isn't a single hand on the tiller saying this is the universe we're creating yeah. anymore, which just, it just really pissed me off. Um, How so do you know like... they're not hollow crates? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, would, they would float. Things would float. They, 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 should, they should be floating. Right, yeah. Not the hollow in, not the hollow in that ship crates. should be floating or they should be spinning. And the fact that it's not is spectacularly irritating. Um, and, uh, and it's sort of, I don't know, one of the reasons that Ellie interested me back in 2012, 2013 was the degree of fidelity and realism that went into, you know, the the the, the hand wringing that went into justifying the frameshift drive and the the the, 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 the reason they named it that and the way they described the design of the Coriolis and stuff and the fact that the docking bay was in the middle so that it would have about you know 0.1 g so that you could handle handle freight much more easily whereas the houses would be on the outside so that they enjoyed a comfortable 1g and and i you know i love that stuff and 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 it's just clear that whoever whoever designed that is is now checked out and and whoever's replaced them is just just thinking spaceships because yeah they look cool they've got great big thrusters on the back even though they don't actually accelerate or move in normal space so um but yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just being, I'm, I'm being a massively bitter immersion hound, um, and they are great, and it's good that the game has them. Um, they are just little niggles. So there was a, the downtime was quite extended, wasn't it today? I think they took it down at half past eight in the morning, and it was back up at six ish. Hmm. They said they had some um, some rollout problem, and but the ser- the servers do seem to be a bit more. I'm touching wood it a bit more stable than what they have been in previous releases. I mean, there's been a few issues. But I, I did see a notice that said they're on top of it. Or I have fixed. managed to log in now, so yes, I would agree they've they've uh, things are starting to come up now. Uh, and the patch notes, anything jumped out at you in the patch notes that you were not expecting? There have been patch notes. I'm sorry, I haven't I haven't seen the patch notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there were patch notes that were released at eleven o'clock this morning, and I don't think anything actually jumped out massively at me. Um. It was nice that they actually added in about CQC. Uh, What's the CQC thing? Added the ability to queue for CQC matchmaking from in-game. Oh, nice. 
Nice. But yes, so they've actually acknowledged that. That's always nice. Um, I think everything else we kind of knew about, I think. There's, there's one thing I um, did notice tonight. Um, on the options, the options pane used to just have three things, you know, graphics, sound, controls. But yeah. now it's also got a network settings thing in there, which is fairly prominent, and it gives you statistics and all that kind of stuff, and the ability to turn a log file on. So if you're having networking problems and you want to send something to support or a bug report, it's now easy to... This may have been somewhere in the options before, and I just didn't see it, but it's now a lot more... It's certainly a lot more obvious than it ever used to be. There is one good thing. It was in the patch notes from before, but I would like to highlight that players can now block any player, not just friends or pending friends. Yeah, I love that so much. I've got a, I've got a spreadsheet of people who have... Uh, yeah, so we need to share we need to share that and just have a have a shame, name and shame spreadsheet somewhere for just like block you, these people. Yeah, you realize I will not be happy, it. Shan, if my name is on that. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're in there at on number it. one. If, if if you if you blow anybody I know up or are seen boasting about blowing people up indiscriminately, then I will I will gleefully add your name to it, Shan. But at the moment, it is it is made up of it's about fifty names on there, and it is just oh. just people that um who uh boast on the server about on the on the forums about blowing people up or who have blown me up or who have blown friends of mine up and um and it is nothing personal you are absolutely uh you're absolutely entitled to your to your style of play as i am perfectly entitled to remove you from mine um so i'll happily share it with whoever would like to. you know what that reminds me of Sue, the classic dad's army episode you are on the list <laughs> don't tell him your name pike <laughs> Dads, um, yeah, the, the, uh, on those list, I I don't put them on a list. I put them on a different list. I put them on the the uh, EIC. Let's get a posse together and blow them up list. In revenge. <laughs> uh, I was actually talking about posses. I was having fun, basically doing that with Grant's wife and a bunch of other commanders in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, somebody decided they were going to go off and shoot Braxa from Hutton Orbital. And we basically then spent about an hour chasing after them and shooting them dead. Nice. It was deserved. That sounds great fun. It really was. <laughs> so have you bought, um, bought any of the voice packs for carriers? That probably goes to Mac, I guess. No, because I haven't quite bought... I'm, I'm just arriving in Deso now. So um, I don't know. I don't have enough arcs to buy everything. So... I'm gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have to make some decisions. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I... Maybe Norman can help you with one of the decisions. Norman, would you mind playing Hannah? If Norman insert white so. insert white space for Hannah. Yes, I, yeah. Hannah. <laughs> I was gonna say she sounds yeah. a little bit quiet. Commander, <laughs> I am Hannah. I will be your flight controller that today. Is, that is glad. What do you require? That is so. No, uh, yeah. I don't think so. I, I thought it. I thought it um, sounded like one of the uh, for mash get smash robots. Oh, I don't know about those. <laughs> You're too young, but yeah. <laughs> Has anyone actually been to Baran? By the way, that's a good question. <laughs> Why? What's there? I'm just wondering what if there's any hotspots there at the moment. There's probably a funeral going on in there over the, <laughs> the, the loss of the hotspots. I, I keep thinking of checking out because you never know the the triple LTD might have turned into something like a a, a triple triple void or something or tri yeah tritium mm. maybe or the because I, I don't know whether it's just I haven't I never looked in the beta to see see how the reshuffle would work whether 
there were still the same hotspots in the same places that just had different stuff or whether the hotspots were all in completely different places. So I shall, I shall have to check that because the, the triple hotspot was fairly prominent and that, that will uh, show whether it's been just a shuffling of the content of the hotspots or the hotspots themselves. Uh, I'm still using up fireworks in the celebration that it's gone. I'm sure that there will be a alternate. There will be alternative triple hotspots around. Well, it depends. And people because, will find them soon enough. Sorry, it depends because if the um, sale price I've seen um, displayed for LTDs is that low still, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter whether you have triple hotspots or well, yeah, triple hotspots. But the triple hotspots might exist. It just might be worthless. Well, tri- triple hotspot tritium or something. Yeah, I, I see the point you're making. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if uh, if it's if uh, I, I I think I, it's probably just re-rolled the dice on every ring um, no. everywhere, and Apparent- there'll be a, there'll be another there'll be something comparable, but it'll be somewhere completely different. Apparently, Commander's Lars been to Boran already, and there's no triple or double hotspots in the usual ring, but there is a wee bit of tri- tritium. In which case, it sounds like it's actually re- it's not it's not just reshuffled the content; it's actually reshuffled the locations as well. Um, which yeah. is kind of odd, really, because it goes back to what Sue was saying about having a consistent galaxy. Because you would you would think if the astrological and geological conditions existed to create low temperature diamonds, they wouldn't all of a sudden just go away because tritium's been there. You'd think there'd be less of them. Oh, uh, Beetlejuice is adding in. There is also there's now some Alexandrite and a wee bit of diamonds. I think what's happened is we've been flipped into a parallel yeah. universe. You know how they say there's a, an infinite number of parallel universes based on every quantum decision there could, ever could have been, and that's basically what's happened now. We've been flipped into a parallel universe, so yeah. which is very slightly different. The only difference between this universe and the old one is that. Uh, mineable tritium exists. <laughs> I think I prefer the mirror universe we visited a few weeks ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we all have evil goatees. Yes. So, okay, so uh, there's a live stream on Thursday, isn't there? Or there was. Who there was a live stream on Thursday, yes. Yeah, who, who attended that? I was listening in on that one. Um, basically, Stephen weren't him, I want to say it was, uh, were basically just playing and they were ironically enough they were doing some mining as well um and they were just having a chat now obviously this was just after the odyssey announcement came out so everybody on Shall stream was going on about main vr topic. and things yeah let's um, move that to our main one i think yeah um so basically it was just tim and steven flying about and trying to deflect uh sodium chloride Okay, well, I guess we'll come we'll come on yeah, to that. Yeah. Uh, Successful later, deflection. Right? Pardon? Successful deflection. Not really. Everyone was just like a dog with a bone sticking at it, and they were just like, "Well, fine, fuck you. We're not going to talk to you then," and just ignored people instead. Yeah, fair. So, uh, so it's a nice segue into our main topic, and we'll have an answer after this um, point. I've got a note here. Is this? Possibly more information on Odyssey on June the 13th, the PC Gamer Show. Uh, where did that uh, snippet came from? come from? Was that you, Suv, or was it Colin who added that? It wasn't me. Okay, well, apparently there is a, a gaming con coming in. Um, this is news to me, I'm surprised, because 
oh, it's in America, they don't give a shit. Um, and somebody thinks that they might have something, but I, I don't know if I can see anything about Frontier in here. How I does can't... social distancing work with a gamer show? Because those oh, I said it's, are it's in the... America, they maybe don't care. Um, it's in Los Angeles, they're probably just denying it. I'm not sure I'd be wanting to go there. I mean, no. The game shows, are, you know, gamer shows and stuff like that are usually a, a hotbed of viruses well, and plague. Yeah, I mean, you and get games, games no gaming what. crud anyway, don't you? Con- Conflu. Conflu, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Frontier are apparently there, so who, they may say something, they may not, who knows? They Maybe they're saying people direction. they don't like. <laughs> Possibly. I think they might just be there virtually because I, I think, uh, well, you might be able to get flights to the US. Well, that's a, right now. Oh, yeah, but when you came back, you'd have the two weeks of quarantine, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, we're already yeah. in quarantine anyway, so technically just. Well, we're not. No, no, if you come back to the UK, you're in two weeks of quarantine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I am very surprised. Um, I don't know, I know it, might well be, it might well be virtual because uh, they're saying. With this year's PC gaming show, we still wanted to deliver on the spectacle and level of production the gamers expect from gaming press conferences. Uh, we're not just going to show people a two-hour Zoom call with some video games on it. We want this to be a unique and fun gaming moment. Uh, in previous years, it's been broadcast from somewhere in LA, blah, blah, blah. Um, starting from scratch inside an LA soundstage, enabling the PC gaming show, creating playful sets for the show's two hosts. Um, and then they've got two virtual sets, including a custom-built physical set to recreate a thematic uh, through-line of the show's dozens of segments. So yeah, it actually it does actually sound like it's all online on twitch.tv slash pcgamer or youtube.com slash pcgamer this Saturday at 11am Pacific time. Whatever time so what's that, that, what's that in UK time? Mac, aren't you American? No. 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 I'm uh So your homework before during hey, the Google, advert. What time is, is eleven AM Pacific time in GMT? It's minus it's 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 eighteen hundred Tuesday in Greenwich mean oh, time. Sure. Six PM. Yeah. It's minus eight hours. Yeah. So yeah, so eleven AM is six PM for us. Oh incidentally, sort of going uh, segueing on back to the fleet carriers very briefly. Uh, there was a question about the um, what was the uh, backers discount for a fleet carrier because the backers discount was always on insurance. Of course, fleet carriers don't have them. Anyway, I'm looking at the screen now, and if you're a backer uh, of the right level, a Kickstarter backer, mm. you will be able to instead of five billion credits, it's four billion eight hundred seventy-five million credits. Hmm. Interesting. And also, the fleet carrier vendor's name at DSO is spelt wrong. Uh, how's it? Well, it says it's Evan. It's Evan Munoz, uh, which should be the the N should have a tilde over it because it's a Spanish name, you see. And the Spanish al- alphabet has twenty seven letters. Um, the N with the tilde over it isn't an accented N. It's a completely separate letter. And this is, is really is important, actually. Yeah, Enya, and it's really important because if you consider the um, the the word año, which means year. And if you take that little tilde off, you get ano, which means anus. So, <laughs> so if you spell it wrong, because if you, if you want to say how old you are, uh, for instance, if you want to say I am 40 years old, you say tengo uh, 40 años, which means I literally I have 40 years. But if you say tengo 40 
anos, it means you have 40 anuses, <laughs> which is probably not what it's a different you really thing, want to say. Yeah, it's a different thing entirely. And it would make you somewhat... Um, Impressive. Somewhat, somewhat, of, somewhat of an unusual specimen, but yeah, the 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 Enya is actually quite important. And English speakers are always they they just think, oh, it's just an accent. We can leave it off, just like we did in in French class when we left all the grave and the cute accents off our French. Yeah, you know? but actually, that that one's really important to get right in certain circumstances. A thousand years have passed, though, uh, or well over a thousand years. Um, could it be that naming people after multiple anuses is actually really common in <laughs> well, the 33rd the, century or whatever it is? Well, yeah, I suppose so. But um, yeah, anyway, that, that's Person, just my that's just my per, little bugbear. Uh, personally, I think the the forty anus thing is just full of. Suv, is that just how Slovenian now sounds? Or well, sorry, Slavic accents sound. Awfully like Middle English. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The man we've spoke to had a pronounced Slavic accent, and then Peter Wotherspoon drops in with, uh, "Hello, everyone." <laughs> Very amusing. So, shall we have a quick uh, some adverts? I love adverts. I couldn't. I, I, I thought you'd never ask. As long as you got the one about fish. We don't. We have a, well, we have a, a new broadcast, shall we say, from LCU for like, for like no one. Oh, come on. Pick up the phone. I've been in the hole for three hours already. Ah, hello. This Thank is... you for calling the Brewer Corporation, home of the Drake Class Fleet Carrier. Your call is important to us. All of our operators are busy right now. Please hold while we connect you. Oh, for goodness sake, you told me that already. I just want to speak to a human being. Thank you for calling the Borough Corporation, home of the Drake-class fleet carrier. Your call is being recorded for training purposes. Hello, my name is Sanjay Patel. How can I be of assistance? Good day. I recently purchased a fleet carrier from a dealer in Alcor. Can I have your name, please? You should already have my name. Thank you. You should already have my name. Could I have your fleet carrier serial number? No, that's not my name. I'm LCU No Fool Like One of Canon Interstellar. I've already gave the information and my serial number to that infernal voice menu before I was put on hold. Your serial number, please, sir. M for mnemonic, 8, 4, P for pneumatic, 0, Z for zlotties. Let me just read that back to you. N for mnemonic. No, M for mnemonic. Oh, you mean N for November. M, 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 you mother. M for mother. 8, 4, P for papa, 0, Z for Zulu. Yes, yes. Can I have your name, please, sir? I already gave you my name just a minute ago. Sorry, my records don't show that shit. It shows it's registered to Justin a minute ago. My name is LCU No Fool Like One. How do you spell L-C-U? Seriously? It's L for Llama, C for Q, and U for Uber. Thank you for answering the security question. I can confirm that you are the registered owner. How can I help you today? 
I've been racing to get the Lemon Slice Nebula and got as far as hip 54967. I tried plotting a jump to hip 63885 and the navigation computer says there are no free slots. Ah, that's a safety feature, sir. Have you read the manual? If the number of carriers exceeds the maximum number allowed in the system, then the jump will be disallowed. But there aren't any carriers in the system. Nobody can jump. None. Zero. Zero is a number, sir. What? Zero is a number. If the maximum number is zero, then you can't jump into the next system. How can anyone jump if the maximum number is zero? Can you change it? Right, let me check. Computer says no. Look, the navigation system is clearly faulty. Can't you replace it? Have you tried turning it off and on again? Of course I've tried turning it on and off again. Okay, could you initiate the reboot and repair sequence, please, sir? Oh, very well. Diagnostic repair sequence initiated. Are you able to schedule the jump now? Computer says no. Right, could you initiate the reboot and repair sequence, please, sir? I just did that! Look, can't you just send a replacement? Right, as the unit is still under warranty, you are entitled to a replacement. You just need to go to the dealer in Alcor. Oh, that is just peachy. I'm 4,000 blistering light years from the dealer, and I don't have enough tritium to get there in any case. And even though I wanted to, the navigation computer won't allow me to jump into the system because there are no free slots. I demand to speak to your supervisor. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to resolve your problem to your satisfaction. Let me put me through to my supervisor. for calling the Brewer Corporation, home of the Drake Glass Fleet Carrier. We hope we were able to resolve your query to your satisfaction. Please could you take a few minutes to answer our customer satisfaction survey. What? I'm not finished, oh for goodness sake! Using your touchtone keypad, please enter a number between 1 and 1 million to indicate how satisfied you were with this call. Welcome back, everyone. Well, that was a mini sketch, wasn't it? Really. So uh, I'm sure we will uh, can all relate to that one. Yes. Right. So our main topic is, of course, the Odyssey announcement. So we'll just uh, quickly go around the table and get people's initial thoughts. So when they first saw it, the announcement or the video or whatever, what was your initial thought when you saw it? So we'll start off, I think, with Ben. What was my initial thought? I got I got very excited, possibly a little bit too excited by the fact we've got jetpacks. And it looks like we can use them at the very least to not die when jumping off a cliff. And maybe even to fly up a cliff, but we'll see about that. Unless they have fuel, and then they're specially designed oh. to run out of fuel when you're young. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I, I the thing about the jetpacks, I, I want them to be made by Acme, so you know, <laughs> with a wily coyote. 
Is you going over? Okay. Steve, what did you think? Um, I was initially really excited. Um, and uh, I, I remember watching it when uh, I stopped. I, I saw Ben posted it, and I stopped my work and, and put it on the main screen and watched it, thinking, "This is it. This is what I've been waiting six years for now." I think, and um, seven years actually. And um, and I watched it through, and I, I and it struck me as very minimalist. Um, and I didn't really, and I sort of, I sort of dismissed that slightly, and, and didn't really, um, didn't really think about it. I thought, well, there's only so much they can cram in, um, and and was excited. Um, I am one of the people who has placed, has basically accepted the link. The, sorry, the leak last year is pretty much an accurate representation of. Where, of what Frontiers plans looked like then. So the knowledge that we were getting base legs with first-person combat was not surprising at all. It was just a confirmation of basically what I already fully expected. Um, since then, uh, a few sober voices have pointed out that the uh, the video contained no images from inside starships. And some people have been saying for for months oh well you know i think it'll just be a fade to black like the srv and i was i was like well no of course they won't do that because it would be completely terrible um and uh and i am starting to wonder whether actually that might be the case because um the the promo stuff about odyssey has so far focused on odd things um so social hubs um you know we're going to have social hubs. There are going to be social hubs. The hubs will be social. What the hell is a social hub? Is it different from something like Shinrata Desra, for example, or Felicity Farseer? Because uh, they seem quite social and hubbish. Um, or Baron and, System um, Chat. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm slightly, I don't know, social hub slightly smacks of the kind of the the areas that you run around in to see other people's gear in destiny or anthem or something like that i don't know it, just, it slightly smells of mmo bullshit really the idea of a social hub i mean i you know somebody pointed out that actually social hub could mean that they've added a, a bar that you can walk into in every space station which is proc gen to some degree and you know has characteristics that reflect the the system controller's allegiance and the economy of the system you know if so brilliant i'm well up for that and what i'd well up for a social hub being a bar that you can go and hang out in in shinrata for example that'd be super cool if social hub is some bullshit mmo device that you beam to to just show off your latest flair that you bought with arcs off the store then count me out um i was a little bit worried that that we didn't see any ship interiors um and i'm now starting to think that possibly it will be the fade to the fade to black like the srv um and also it's very much that the the blurb was all about explore new worlds explore planets go and explore planets it's all about exploring the planets well you know we already what about space stations what about starships um at the moment, the scope that we've seen so far is um, is very much uh, this will nearly be a, se- a separate executable. It will be limited to exploring planets, which may or may not be really cool. Um, the one that I saw in the video looked very much like the planets we already have access to. Um, people keep referring to the blue sky. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be super good. I just feel that if you were teasing a big new feature, you would probably focus on the most exciting things. And I find it odd that Frontier are leading with social hubs. I find that very... You know, if it was me, if it was my game, I'd be like, fucking atmospheres! Sodding space legs! You're getting in a, you're going to walk around your bloody ships, aren't you? God, how exciting this is! I find it very weird that they're focused on 
the things they have. Um, and either it's, uh, you know, you could, you could explain it because by the fact that they are seeking to address problems that casual players have identified with Elite. For example, it's quite easy to play it and never come across another player. Um, and, you know, if that is the case, then crowing about social hubs might make sense. It might address a problem that casual players have identified with the game. Um, another likelihood is that they're leading with what they have. And what they have is a proc-gen mission generation system on planet surfaces uh, and nothing else. No, no ship interiors, no starship interiors, no EVA, um, which would be a shame um, because my preference would have been to definitely model the insides of ships and let us explore those and let us customize those and let, our, let us turn our starships into our bases. Let us turn our starships into our homes in space and let us, uh, you know, prepare them with EVA and board each other's ships and all the good stuff that we were trained to look forward to by David Braben back in 2012 and 2013. Um, but anyway, what did you guys think? Uh, the Mac, I think that one is. Yeah, I, well, I, I saw it and it was like, oh my God, that's atmospheric. Because what that was what I was, I, I was kind of resigned to the fact that I, I don't care that much about the whole space legs thing. And I was kind of resigned, well, it'll be space legs. I'll, I'll probably enjoy it anyway, et cetera, et cetera. And then I saw there was the, the if you look at the, the planet textures, for instance, they're, um, if we if we think back to the 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 uh, delayed or cancelled ice planet upgrade, you can see there's been some significant improvement to the actual planet surfaces, it, disregarding the atmosphere at all. Um, which which is always nice, always nice to get a bit of a graphical upgrade. But the, uh, just seeing that blue sky, because I remember years and years ago in Frontier first encounter, I always loved the even though the gra- the graphics by today's standards are very basic, it was. It was always nice climbing out in atmosphere and having it fade to black as you climbed higher and higher, and and kind of seeing the um, uh, yeah like but, a gas giant. But space in in frontier was also very uh, blue, wasn't it? Uh, it was, but there was a utility called force cull which forced it to black. Oh, okay. And I that's <laughs> basically the first thing I because the uh, first encounters was coming out just about when. The, the internet was becoming reasonably accessible and utilities like this were already there, there was there was a utility called force cult and then then later on uh john jordan who reverse engineered ffe um did various fixes like making it natively uh black space and that always irritated me about the, the blue space in, in first encounters so yeah but um, force coal was just—it was a little utility that just did a trick with a palette to force it to black rather than whatever shade of blue it was. Um, where was I? And then my hopes were completely dashed a day later. I'd gone from a euphoric high to an absolute crushing low when they said VR will not be supported. The thing is, well, I, I've still, I, and, and this is a, it's a good job I was holding off upgrading my VR kit because I've at least managed to save myself quite a lot of money not upgrading it um, to only have my hopes dashed. Because the thing is with VR, when I'm actually playing Pancake now, because otherwise, if I've got the headset on, I bang my mic around. So if 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 I if I'm using my microphone, I tend to just play in Pancake. But the th- the thing is, when you're playing on a flat screen you're playing the game when you're in vr you're in the game and i would i would be very happy with a halfway house which means you can do everything spaceship flying and srv flying still in vr and odyssey but you'll have to 
pop the headset off for the FPS part, or even an experimental VR mode where you have to edit a configuration file to you know to to, to enable it. So it's 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 an obviously not supported, but it's there if you want it. And even using the keyboard, mouse, and yeah, there were the WASD keys and the mouse. I mean, there are some people that make sick in VR, but I, I've got I've got the heart and stomach of a concrete elephant, so um, yeah, I can do it, and quite a few other people can do it as well. Yeah, um, me you, too. you kind of get your VR legs after a while, anyway. Um, you you can eventually make your brain decouple a VR experience from real life, and I mean, some people can never get that far because it just makes them so irretrievably sick, but. Um, VR is probably not for them anyway, because uh, I don't. That, that's probably something I'll, they'll never um, get around. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was crushingly disappointing. If if it is literally no, I, it it also depends how much of this gets backported to Horizons, uh, because it would be I would be fine with you know you can go onto the new atmospheric planets, you can see the new graphical updates, etc. In VR, if you load up Horizons. Um, but we'll 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 have to wait and see on that. There's the, the trouble is that the, this this video clip as well was only like a minute and a half long. There's only so much information in it, and I, I the, the trouble is we we've speculation, of course, is more rampant than ever. Um, it would be nice. I you know I, it's a bit of a double edged sword for Frontier, of course, because if the, if they publish some kind of roadmap and and they have to change it, you always get the you always get the salty masses going. But you promised, you said you'd do this, and well, yeah. Um, so I I can understand why they why they're so secretive, but it would be nice if they could just clarify a few of these, you know. As you say, the whole the whole will it include ship interiors or won't it? Is it just going to be a fade to black? Is is it on the right? If it is fade to black, is it on the roadmap where we will have ship interiors, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Um, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you intend to? I mean, I, I sort of. Yeah. If it was the Horizons model, I'd be happy with a very limited implementation followed by a gradual rollout of the extra features. So maybe you know, first six months is fade to black planet, second six months is ship ship interiors, third six months is EVA, you know, etc. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking of my own feelings when I watched it. Um, someone messaged me in one of the discords of me and said, Sham, got to look at this. And it was a link to the video that was posted on Reddit uh, after the leak. And I initially felt quite disappointed at the reveal, not necessarily because of the content, but the way in which it got out. You know, I I would have wanted to see a, a you know special announcement a week Thursday be there or you know have a kind of build up for it, and then all of a sudden be shown this video. That's kind of what I wanted to see. It almost feels like um, I was walking down the street and someone gave me a spoiler to I don't know the end of the Star Wars movie or something like that. I think we were we were fairly well. We were, but it, it was about fairly, everybody's fairly convinced it was an accident, aren't they? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure it was because, and this is the thing about it is you don't upload videos to YouTube unless you plan to release it pretty soon. You don't just load it up just in case. And you know, if it was going to be released on the thirteenth of June, then why not upload it a couple of days before? Why not? I don't know. But it's, and it was the same with the fleet carrier reveal at LaveCon last year, didn't it? That, that leaked out as well. 
uh, via a, a YouTube thing. And so I was just disappointed with the way it came out after all the expectation. And having it leaked out on a Reddit video, it just seemed a bit anticlimactic, actually. And I, I know full well they didn't intend it to, but we're talking about how we felt here. As, as for the content of it, um, I'll, I'll leave that till last and I'll come to the VR part. I like you. Yeah, I can completely, at a logical level, understand why VR isn't in it yet or if ever, because we talked about issues with the locomotion, we talked about issues with the controls, and all these other things that people are having issues with with VR. But at a heart level, I wanted to stand on an alien world, look around at twin suns coming up over the horizon, and I wanted to be on that planet, and I wanted to feel as I'm on that planet. And looking at a flat screen, even in 4K, whatever it all turned on, is not the same as seeing it in VR. And I think that is what my disappointedness is about, is I was really hoping to be able to look around and almost do the bending down and figuratively scooping the soil up. You know, that sort of feeling of being there. Because, pending a complete miracle, I will never get to do that. And it's something I think most science fiction fans have always dreamed about them doing. And at the moment... It doesn't seem as though we're going to get that. And that was why I was disappointed in it. Um, as for the mechanic, it, it's interesting. They don't show the spacemen, the women. They don't show them wandering around with tricorders and doing investigation. They show them with guns. And so the whole potential of exploration and investigation and stuff, on the face of it, doesn't seem to be there. It seems to be almost like a, a planet side two with elite spaceships and assets. And I'm sure you'll get the chance to walk around, like, you know, figuratively on a planet. I'm sure that will happen. But then why would you not do that in an SRV? Yeah. So I, I completely... Sorry, uh, Well, I mean, taking... I agree with what you're saying, that we're seeing everybody walking around with, with big guns. But just as equally... If you look on the hips of everybody, they all have different attachments. Uh, some have things that look like very obvious bags. Others have things that look closer to a sh closer to some kind of scanner. Um, I, think, I think we're I think we're making a mistake by judging by going too much on the um, on what was revealed in that video. It was pre-alpha footage. Mm -hmm. um, I. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, everybody I, I, likes their big guns and their explosions as well. I agree. You're walking I, I, around, going. Yeah, beep, I agree. And beep, it, is, it is cool that we're going to get. Um, it is very cool that we're going to get jetpacks. That was a, that's a brilliant decision. Yes. But pe people, people really, you know, I saw somebody commenting on the fact that one of the spacesuits had like bars across the visor and stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, it is pre-alpha. They, it's basically concept art. Um, and um, I mean that 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 leads to another point, which is my amazement that it's uh that, that they're still at the point where it's pre-alpha you know it, they've been planning this for five years or so and, and if david braben is to believe they've been planning it for for most of a decade how is it still pre-alpha i don't understand that it was due to release in december i don't get it i would yeah i would say anything that is not released to an open beta is alpha so that doesn't surprise me at all yeah, okay. it's all it's all internal development hot builds uh, yeah, Stephen okay. Usher, um, sorry, Stephen Usher made a good point in chat. Uh, he says most of the supporting text was a release that was posted on the forum. 
he's combat focused. Yeah. But yeah. if you think about it, um, some of the press agencies got some concept art as well. Um, and the concept art shows what I would be guessing would be the social hubs. So, for example, there is definitely the Jizzy's Bar. It looks, it looks like it says Jizzy's to me. That's such a dirty mind, Ben. It says J I Z Y J I Z. Might be Jizz J-I-Z-J-S, maybe? And then maybe an underscore is some weird Spanish thing from the future, I don't know. You're so fortunate Colin isn't on the show this week, otherwise you would have said it. If, if Colin were to be saying anything today, I would just mention Audio City. Um, and we'll just leave that there, I think. Colin knows what I'm talking about. Audacity, surely? Uh, Audio City. City. <laughs> and I, I just want to pick up on something Sue said about um, mm. the social hubs. For a fair amount of people, having a good social hub where they can sit down and drink virtual beer and have conversations about yeah. how pretty they look is an essential part of the game, and it creates content for things. So I agree. Totally, totally agree there. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping it's not just like the... Like I was trying to begin in, in the Wing Commander series, you had like a space bar, and you'd walk in the space bar, and there'd be a few NPCs you talk to, and then there'd be the mission board on a screen somewhere. I hope it's sort of just not like a pretty version of a mission board. I hope it's wider than that and deeper than that. And I, oh, I hope it's actually social because you know I remember you know going back to World of Warcraft. And Shan can go into Guild Wars, but you know, night elves dancing on mailboxes outside of bars. I, I agree about the, the the fact that these things are important. Um, I, it was the wording that that interested me. I, it just struck me odd. That, it struck me as odd that that social hubs was what they went with. Social hubs is a is a is is an MMO thing. It, I, I found it weird that they didn't say something like. You know all those 60,000 beautiful, giant, really realistic space stations we made? Now you can explore them on foot. Rather, it was social hubs. You know, well, mm -hmm. it, I, I don't know. I just, it, was, it was worrying by omission and, and, and just quite weird. Like, the, the game doesn't actually lack places for players to get together. Um, it's, but I can um, understand why you would limit the interior of a space station to a few spatial, uh, social hubs. Because, yeah, totally, um, totally. Absolutely <laughs> agree. Star Citizen is a really good example of how to, of how to do a landable area that has limited explore, explorable area on foot, but still is still plausible and adds to immersion. You don't need to do the whole, you know, you don't need to do the whole five kilometres of it. You just do a few areas. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, the indication that these would be, the indication was that these would be very separate. I mean, this is, I mean, if you think about our original, very, very early discussions, where I think I think I suggested we get into an elevator or a turbo lift or whatever you want to call it, and it takes you to the bar, it takes you to the the underworld, it takes you to the marketplace, yeah. it takes you to your your bedrooms, um, and then, <laughs> and you, you don't worry about it after that. Um, and it, you know, basically, the elevator is obviously it's a glorified loading screen. Yeah, um, which is which is totally fine. That's kind of what I'm picturing, but maybe it isn't. Well, it's, um, it's hoping. We'll, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, I'm the one thing that I really really hope that hasn't been even hinted at is, as we were talking about earlier, the I want to be able to get out of my seat and walk around my bridge and inspect and investigate the rest of my spaceship. 
I, I really, I, I want to do that so badly, it's ridiculous. Mm. I'm going to be a little bit sold here, but without VR, that would just seem like, I don't know. Oh no, I still like want another to do it without, without VR. You can do it in VR already. Well, you, you're, you're, you're bridge anyway. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you can, if you, if you get, get in your headset and stand up and then wander around, you can get to, like, the Anaconda, for instance, there's bits of the, the bridge you, you can't see from any of the camera positions. So if you but, play Space Twister with a VR headset on, you can get to see stuff. Yeah, so what, what you can do is, is kind of move, and you can see bits that, no one else can see. the The only thing is, is obviously they've they've not designed it with with uh, space legs and wandering around your bridge in mind. So there's no collision meshes. Mesh, so you can just kind of walk through the side of the cockpit now onto the outside of the ship. Uh, and fortunately, you don't as- asphyxiate. But um, yeah, but yeah, you, it's 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 been a thing for a while where VR users have kind of wandered around the interior of the uh, the flight deck, as it were. Um, and and even in things like the Cobra Mark III, there's a lot more you can see in VR which you just simply cannot see. Well, you probably can with the new, the, well, the camera views that came out a few years ago, but you certainly didn't used to be able to see at all without VR. I mean, like the um, the flight manual from the original Elite. I haven't seen that one. I think it's in the Sidewinder. If you look in one of the oh yeah, I've the seen the, I've seen those one in the uh, in the Sidewinder. Yeah, I, I've seen about the Cobra Mark III. The other thing that I had one of my thoughts when I saw the the video was the graphics uh, and the engine. And one of the questions that I have is, okay, well, will I need to buy a new graphics card to play this? And if I do, will the engine make use of ray tracing and all the exciting developments that have come out in the last couple of years? So what do you think? Are we going to need to buy new PCs for this or...? Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought so. No, I think it's I, going to be an engine overhaul, and I think it'll uh, the the increase in before in 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 hardware requirements. Safe to assume it will be similar to Horizons. I I wouldn't have thought so either because uh, if you're a VR user having to go back to Pancake, then your system requirements go down anyway. But um, it's it actually the, the at least pretty well optimized right now. Um, I mean, my machine's five years old, but. With VRWay, it's having to render essentially two scenes. It is always entirely smooth. Um, it, it used to be, you know, a few years ago when it came out, there are bits where you you get stuttering and stuff, and every so often after a patch, something stutters for a bit, but they always fix it. And um, like re- you know, just just recently in the last patch, for for instance, everything is like completely silky smooth absolutely everywhere and although my, my well when i got my graphics card it was quite high end it was, a, it was a gtx 980 i suspect it's going to be an entire entirely adequate for um well there's a difference though if there's an fps there's a difference between playing an fps at 60 frames per second and playing an fps at 100 frames per second or you know the the, the level of smoothness and precision needed for a sim flight sim game is a lot less than playing an FPS. But it has to maintain 90 FPS for the Rift, and it's doing that. But not if it's not supporting VR. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But I, mean, um, I would imagine you're getting over 100 FPS in pancake mode, yeah? I haven't actually looked at my... I'm, I'm currently still trying to buy a fleet carrier, and I'm getting Blackadder <laughs> errors. Um, oh I, I'm getting... Something went wrong, and then a Blackadder. Uh, I've tried going to a new system. I've tried solo. I've tried 
private group I've tried to open. I just can't buy a fleet carrier. But yes, I've because unfortunately, if if you're in VR, you can't see any of those little widgets about FPS. So I don't even know what the keystroke combination is to make it come off. Uh, I think it's Control so, Shift F. Control. So, uh, uh, let, me try, let me try it now. Control Shift F. Uh, well, it says I'm getting 30 FPS, but it looks like a lot more than 30 FPS. Oh, hold on. It's I, I'm not low. I'm still in the main. So, yet. Mac, are, are you saying that fleet carriers is the elite equivalent of toilet paper? Now everyone's just queuing up. Yes, I, I I think that that's probably the issue. Um, I think oh, you know it's baking powder, it's baking materials now, isn't it? That's the that's, that's the, it. I think that's in that's pancake mode, maker. I'm actually locked to the display's refresh rate, which is 60 fps, because it's just showing a solid 60. I guess also it's got to work on consoles, and yes, the next generation of consoles will um will be pretty beefy. But I'm just wondering whether or not this would be for PS4 and Xbox rather than the PS5, and I think it's Xbox X, isn't it? I mean, they are saying it's aimed at it's aimed at the PS4 and Xbox One commanders. Interesting. Rather than... You know, that's, so that's really Odyssey doesn't itself. need PS5 or... Well, they're just coming out to the end of 2020, 2020 as well, aren't they? Mm. So I'd imagine the number of people with them will be limited. I'd ima- I wouldn't be surprised if... Elite Dangerous also works on the is the Xbox X, Xbox One uh, One X I think it's called. Is it One X Microsoft, now? Microsoft and their naming schemes. And the Xbox know, One was so bad stupid, enough because you can you could confuse the Xbox One with the original Xbox. Yes. And now Xbox well X with the. Uh, maybe uh, maybe they'll Microsoft. have a high performance of the Xbox Triple X or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, you know, at least PlayStation, PS5, it's you. You understand what you're going to get. So talking about the VR, there was a um, a reply, wasn't there, to people's queries regarding VR? I think it came from uh, Stephen. Was it Stephen who wrote this? Stephen, I think it was Stephen. There was one from Zach as well, which said basically, uh, and I summarised. I don't have it in front of me. That basically. Uh, don't assume that any content, any content at all that's slated for Odyssey will be VR compatible. Yeah. Sorry, it wasn't Stephen, it was Tim. So the quote I've got is, um, currently, Elite Dangerous Odyssey will not be VR compatible at launch. We're big fans of VR and we are truly proud of the amazing experience that we currently offer in Elite Dangerous. However, the new gameplay mechanics and features that will be introduced with Elite Dangerous Odyssey means we had to re-examine if we could deliver that same experience without compromise, which, for launch, means Odyssey will not be VR compatible. And they did go later on, though, and say the uh, Horizons and the base game would still be VR compatible. You're not losing VR at all, you know, forever. In those games, it's just yeah. But you're not going to be able to. You you might not be able to land on an atmospheric world. Yeah, exactly. It, um, I mean, it'll, it'll be the same as it'll be the same as it'll be the same as landing on planets is now for. Um, uh, yeah, if you're on a planet and then you sh- flick over to the main game, into the base game, then you find yourself mysteriously in orbit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it, I'm not. It depends what they backport into Horizons, because uh, they they have backported some stuff from Horizons into the base game, um, except notably the graphical improvements for landable planets. If you if you are in Horizons and go just outside, you know, so so you so you're not 
you're not forcing anything. You go just outside orbital cruise, uh, look at your landable planet, uh, log out, and then log back in in the base game. You'll see it appears very much different in the base game. It looks like it they did in back in 2015 when the game launched. Um, but there is a technical reason for that because the base game was like that because they were still supporting the Mac for a while, which did not support cute shaders. However, these technical issues, there won't be there won't be a technical issue between Horizons and Odyssey, probably. Um certainly not that nature. So Maybe some of the, maybe at least the graphical Im- improvements uh, to landable planets will get backported, and I just I just hope of all hopes if 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 for, if there's not going to be any VR support in Odyssey, I just hope they do backport in landable atmospheric planets so we can at least get to be a blue sky in our VR headsets. Anyway, Shan. Yeah, I was about I was about to think it's been some games I've played, and yes, I will mention Guild Wars 2 in it, but they don't natively have a VR mode, but you, they will project their screen in the, on a VR headset, but it will look and it will still look VR-ish. You just won't be the complete fully immersive experience. So I'm wondering whether it's gonna be possible to do Odyssey in that quasi VR mode. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, Mac, but... Yeah, no, I haven't. It, it sounds like what just, like, sitting in front of a cinema screen, if you see what I mean. So you get a big projection, you know, the size of your VR viewport. <laughs> yes, it is like that. It, it, well, it's like that. If you've seen the um, the VR apps that allow you to play movies and stuff like that in VR, and you can look around and, you know, whatever. It's not the full 3D, but it's quasi so i'm just wondering whether that is going to be possible or will they just detect a headset plugged in and turns on and go nah not doing that um and uh Steve, you were mentioning uh earlier on about how the leak uh has been so far been very accurate mm-hmm. one of the differences they said and I, I guess we can talk about this uh was um they said base building is not currently on the roadmap Really yeah, that, yeah that interested me um i think the fact that the leak was the leak was so correct in every other way says to me that base building probably was planned at some point um and the fact that uh i think i citation needed here and i can't i can't remember exactly what they were but um but i'm pretty sure that we saw um pretty sure that there were uh accidental reveals of um cosmetics uh, that might have been available for base building um, on the store as well, um, and um, uh, so so that to me, those two things together indicate that base building was very much um, was very much planned at one point, and then uh, and then has been scrapped in order to hit deadlines. Um, which personally, I'm not too bothered by because I don't really like base building in games anyway. Could um, we have misunderstood the term base building? Because uh, yeah. are, are we talking like an arc style? Space building is that what they what frontier think we're talking about? You know, where you or space engineers, where you go and mine your materials and build your own bases and stuff like that, or are they talking about you buy a module and it I don't know inflates itself or something like that, or it's a or it's a um, a room in a base and that's what they call base building. I don't know. Are we kind of getting our definitions mixed up? Maybe I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty sure at some point, um, uh, like the, a kind of inflatable hab was discussed, um, similar to the ones um, 
that we've seen in the, the former Dean Rift, um, in the, the settlements there, little little inflatable uh, habitation things. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that David Braben's sp- spoken about potentially letting players establish those uh, build little bases made out of stuff like that in um, in the early days. Um, some people have said that they think that the base building thing is linked to fleet carriers, which I just I really don't get that. Like fleet carriers are basically space stations that you can customize. You, you, they don't have any of the features that you normally associate. With well, uh, well, I was I was speculating because we have the upkeep mechanic on fleet carriers. Hmm. I was speculating that bases would be the four squadron content and carriers with the individual. So your squadron or your faction would set up a base on a planet and then that would then be a beachhead to expand into that system and do your BGS stuff over it. That was what I was speculating on mm. it, uh, which I could see are useful. You know, you, you you set a base up and then that's your beachhead, and the, but it has a high upkeep cost that a squadron needs to do. Yeah, yes. maybe. Maybe I don't know. I, I, it didn't surprise me wildly that base building's not in it, but I don't think that prohibits the the possibility that it was originally meant to be in it. Because in the Odyssey video, they you see the anaconda land on a looks to be a medium pad, but don't you? So you have to ask where does that pad come from? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Um, they they have said no, um, which. Uh, yeah, which indicates depends, that, depends on your base building definition, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I think uh, I think Ben is keen to say something. Well, we've kind of moved on, but I was going to mention about the VR because I mean, I guess Suv and Mac, you guys both play in VR, um, and I I don't know what technical issues Frontier are facing, but I think the biggest technical issue that I can think of is. The ability to walk around and the fact that most people chuck up when they walk around using WSAD and they're not actually moving, but it looks like they're moving and then their brain gets all confused. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I, um, I mean, I, I am the same as Mac. My, my preference would be don't, don't disallow anything. You know, if you don't want to put the VR compatible logo on the Steam page, fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, because if because if you know first person combat is weird and disorientating in VR, fine. But leave that up to us. Leave that up to the people who have the the kit at home and would like to do it. Don't arbitrarily stop us from using that stuff. Um, you know, if it if it you know caveat emptor if it, if it's uh, let yeah, that be it. on us. So I mean, what I was basically suggesting, and eighty percent of the. Of the, our responders out of 155, agree that if you basically, let's say for sake of argument, you hide, use VR behind an XML control that you have to dig out, configure manually as a, in a text file, save it, and then potentially even redo it every single time you update. Uh, so you could, you're, you're very definitely. I am doing something that is not officially supported here. Can't blame Frontier if it breaks, but. It is in there if you have an iron stomach and you want to risk it. Uh, and eighty percent of people seem happy with that because you know, I just I can't picture like teleporting around, for example, how you would do that in multiplayer. Um, yeah. And uh, I, the thing is, it doesn't need to be teleporting. No Man's Sky demonstrates that you can very easily have a uh, a game that's that's structurally quite similar to Elite that um, that with you know just normal analog stick. Okay, movement. so you are doing WA, WSAD or just using your gamepad? Yeah, 
It works perfectly fine. Perfectly, perfectly. I mean, uh, No Man's Sky is smart. They, yeah. they, they've said, right, you know, we can do VR. Um, some people will find moving around with the analog stick sickening. So we'll just give them the option. Do, you know, you can, you can teleport around if you want, or you can just move normally as you, as you, as you would by yeah. pushing a direction. And, to- I mean, I think, you know, in, in Elise, they can't, No Man's Sky is definitely a one person single player game, no matter what they try and say. Um, and, but I can, I can imagine people teleporting around a base in Elite would look very, very weird. Um, but yeah. walking around and if you puke up, then don't blame us. Yeah, yeah. Seems a reasonable thing to me. Yeah. Um, I can't think why it would be a technical issue. I really can't. But I don't know anything about the rendering. No, and all that stuff, so I can't. Re- I'm not in a position to actually judge it. Um, I just hope it's a social thing that you know they 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 want it to be awesome, and they just can't figure out how to do this without it being a, a vomit fest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but Mac, ha- Mac, well, Mac and Suv, I guess. Can you think of any FPS VR games that also play against people in pancake mode? No, no, just because I haven't gone looking. Basically, the the only thing I do in VR, all I do in VR is Elite Dangerous. Right, because uh, I, mean, I, I had a quick look, but I don't have VR, so I know I know v, I know bizarrely VR chat works for non VR users. Yeah. So you can join, you can have VR users and non-VR users together. But the the, the, the thing is with, uh, you, you've already got, the thing is if you say, uh, well, you know, perhaps VR people would have an unfair advantage because they've got such easy head look, et cetera, et cetera, then that becomes a reason for segregating people with the, the hot ass and keyboard and mouse in the regular game, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, no, et cetera. I, I wouldn't send you that. So that, that ends up, you end up, go, that's, you just end up on a path to madness that way. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And could, could you imagine playing, say, Call of Duty in VR? Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> it would be amazing, I think, actually. Uh, I'd want the I'd want the suit from Ready Player One. I mean, that, oh, that oh would, yes, yes, that, yes, that yes. would that would but but that would really get you to. I mean, this is the whole thing with when I saw that Odyssey that Odyssey trailer. I thought because I you know, cause I have VR, I thought, oh wow, this this is like Ready Player One in space. You know, it's mm. it's like yeah, it was like I, I was I was like squee. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. and then the next day, oh, denied. Oh. Not, so, yes. so I, I guess we'll know more uh, on the 13th and we can probably revisit this. And well, sure we, we we'll probably be talking it. about this on and off for about the next year, I suspect. So uh, I'm going to propose we move on to uh, Community Corner. Um, and there's one story in particular about the Gnosis is being retired. Yeah, um, the Gnosis. So who, who has the uh, background on this one? To be honest, possibly Norman has the the best thing, um, but the, the the short version is that sadly, you know, with the upcoming fleet carriers coming out, the point of the Gnosis is maybe a little bit deprecated, um, and so they are Canon Canon slash Frontier are retire are essentially retiring it. And it's now the 615 bus route visiting various 
notable places in canon history. Um, I but, can kind of understand it, but yeah, it's a bit of an end of an era, really, isn't it? It very much is an end of an era, and obviously there are you know there's a lot of I'm not going to say tears, but you know people are there's a lot of good memories associated with the Gnosis. So it's what? kind of it's kind of like the end of steam trains, you know. It's you you got something that's actually your diesel train is actually way better. I mean, it starts at the press of a button. Um, uh, so yeah, it it you do get nostalgic for these things, but fleet carriers have got to be better than than because the notice you have to fiddle around with. Yeah, well, Frontier yeah. has to set the schedule, and it's all a bit of a pain in the back. So as a fleet carrier, you can you can do it yourself. And on the and, other hand, the Gnosis doesn't require to mine a shit ton of tritium. Well, need the fleet <laughs> carriers really, because if you think, if you load the tank and then store, you can store, oh. you can store a, an absolute shed load of, of, of tritium on it. I mean, okay, you have to be present on the ship to transfer it. Why? Why can't this high oh, blade don't, crew don't go there. move don't the go there. Anyway, <laughs> I think we've been through that a few times. But even so, it's 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 got to. It, the fleet carrier's got it because we we can command them. Um, whereas in the past, you'd if, for a for a mega ship, you'd have to arrange it all with Frontier and all that kind of stuff. And I I think it there's probably some ball ache on Frontier's end doing this because way back when we were well a couple of years ago actually when we were trying to when we we're coming up with the Thanksgiving expedition because we the EIC actually has a mega ship that we won through the BGS called the Midas which is a very appropriate name we had a whole mm. we had a whole operation to to actually uh, take it over and we we said yeah. you know, we 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 kind of mooted we're doing this expedition we yeah, could you do what you do for the gnosis? And it was like, nah. So I suspect I get the feeling it's a ball like. I suspect it's not it, it's a bit of a pain in the backside for them to do, and so they'd rather not do it. And the thing is they, they did it for, for Canon at the start and they probably regretted it. <laughs> and so they're probably they're probably quite glad to be rid of having to deal I, with it. I this. suspect as much. So Norman, would you <clears> mind <throat> playing that video? Coming to a galaxy near you in September 3306, the Canon Interstellar Science Tour. Embark at Verati, the home of Canon Interstellar, where we will give you a guided tour of Thompson Dock and show you the Canon boffins hard at work doing science stuff. Oh god, do I have to do this, it's so demeaning. The Gnosis isn't a blasted tour bus, it's a magnificent vessel that crosses the void delivering cutting-edge science to the galaxy. This is so depressing. After years of trying, we finally find a route to Lemon Slice Nebula, and now instead of boldly making a historic voyage into the unknown, we're turning the only ship capable of reaching the nebula into a glorified school bus. <sighs> Our next stop Hip 17862 will get you up close and personal with the Thargoids. Visit a wrecked Thargoid vessel and have a walk around the mysterious Thargoid surface site. Free paper and crayons for your budding scientists to draw the disturbing skin-crawling Thargoid artifacts. Crayons, for heaven's sake. They better not be planning on letting them pet Dr. R. Cannon's llamas. Those things are carnivorous. Is this because of the cone sector? Is that why we have to put Gnosis into a holding pattern? 
I know a lot of people complain that instead of a nice, relaxing exploration mission, they were attacked by the Thargoids. Well, we had an armed escort. Only a few people got killed. Okay, with hindsight, maybe we should have told Del Monte to suspend the no-fire zone instead of expecting him to have some common sense. Where was I? Oh, yes. On week three, we will jump to Pleiades Sector PNTB3-0, where you can visit the magnificent barnacles. And if you're very lucky, watch a Thargoid Interceptor sucking up nutrients. Oh. Was it because we crashed into the installation in HIP 23759? It was very regrettable. If I, a uh, uh, classic, hadn't fallen asleep at the wheel, we probably wouldn't have to cater to drooling imbeciles on this absurd cruise. Week 4. Come and visit the Proto-Lagrange cloud at Cinef PRL B4-1. Subject to availability, no refunds. Ah, Lagrange clouds. We tried jumping into Lagrange clouds, but never succeeded. I think the Pilots' Federation was sabotaging us. They didn't want to pay out the insurance. That's probably why they tried to stop us orbiting inside a white dwarf. Next stop, HIP 18120, where our entertainment team will take you to carve space pumpkins. Oh, God, the damning down. They are rubium bioluminescent anemones, not space pumpkins. Week 6. We jump to IC239 sector CG-YC16. Wait, no, that system doesn't even exist. What idiot wrote this? You must mean IC2391 sector CQ-YC16. Week 6, we jump to IC2391 sector CQ-YC16, where you can use high-powered lasers to light a mysterious guardian beacon and unlock an ancient key. Unlock a key? Who wrote this bilge? I know why we're giving up the Gnosis. It's because we're getting one of those newfangled fleet carriers. This is just so you can rinse rich passengers to pay for one of those ugly new ships. At our penultimate stop, Kappa One Volantis, our highly trained therapist, will take you for a relaxing session amongst the brain trees that will lull you into a deep meditative state. Oh, brain trees! Have you ever eaten a brain tree? It's revolting. Why would anyone want a fleet carrier? Man wasn't meant to go jumping hundreds of light years every 20 minutes. A week is plenty for anyone, I say. Our final stop before returning to Verati is the magnificent Mitterrand Hollow. Watch it orbit New Africa every minute and 26 seconds. Yes, well that will fill a whole week, won't it? Going round and round. The only good thing about Mitterrand Hollow was the gravitational effect we had the first time we went there that sent all those ships floating into space. That's it. I'm having nothing to do with this. This is ridiculous. I will not rest until we get control of the Gnosis back. Yeah, so that was another awesome video there by LCG for like no one of the fuck out the cannon. And 
Yeah, I, I, I think they expressed themselves quite eloquently there as ever. I think so. Do you want me to move on with the rest of the... Uh, yes, you can, then, yeah. yeah. Yes, you can, Okie yeah. dokie. So, right, so this is a bit of a a bit of a bit sad one now, I guess. Uh, Commander Rola... 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 <coughs> Commander Rolaran, who's one of our friends over at the Lay Radio, uh, she, she recently did... Well, not recently, last year sometime, I think it was did a charity stream where she raised money for Macmillan Cancer Support. And she's going to be running another one on the 19th of June. Um, during the last stream, her aunt was fighting for breast cancer. And sadly, her aunt actually passed away last week. And basically, to, in, in, in memory of her, Roe and her faction are doing stuff along with the Deep Space Support Array, uh, and they're going to deploy the fleet carrier Mandy's Rest to Mare Som- Somnia region of the galaxy in a two-day live stream. And they've got forum, they've got details about all this on the forum. They've also got their own Discord's channel, and there's a, dis- there's a Just Giving page as well, which we will include in the show notes. Um, but that's yeah. Obviously, our thoughts go out to Rowan. And, you know, cancer yeah. sucks. I think. I, th- I think it that's... does. Yeah. Yep. So another nice, getting a bit more positive now. We have the new pilots initiative is essentially offering a mega bus to Colonia, uh, and I think back again. I'm not entirely sure if they're going back and forth all the time, but uh, these guys, the new pilots initiative, are. Flying to Colonia from... Um, I've lost it now. Um, I didn't say where they're flying from. They're flying from... Uh, Mal- How would you pronounce that? Malay? M-E-L-I-A-E. I'm going to go with Malay. Uh, so that they're heading out of there from Malay at 1,500 hours game time on the 9th of August. Um, sorry, that can't be right. Oh, the no, fifth, so the, they're leaving on the fifth of July. Yeah, they're leaving on the fifth of July, heading off to Colonia, and then returning from Colonia back to the bubble on the 9th of August. Um, so yeah, that's a nice little service that these guys are offering. If you, you know, if you're like Colin or Grant or whatever, and you just you can't be asked flying out to Colonia, you can just dock your ship on their fleet carrier, and honest gov, they will fly you there. Do you think they'd let me join in with my carrier? <laughs> you could try. I don't think anybody should let you join in anywhere. Yes, because God knows where you'll end up. You'll probably actually you'll probably end up like Magellan's star on the east side of the galaxy, right, where, <laughs> where my altar's going. Hi, oh, people of uh, little faith. Well, I'm that's sure one of those clusters you can't it. get back from. Yeah, exactly. The, um, the Anaconda graveyard. <laughs> Does anybody else want to cover the AXI initiatives website that they've gone off and revamped? I didn't even know about this. This sounds fun. Okay, this is this is this is awesome. Uh, a- the AXI, who are awesome and we love them, uh, have finally gotten round to having their own very website, which, funnily enough, is called at www.antizenoinitiative.com. Um, maybe Ventura can link that in the in the Twitch chat. Um, actually, Ventura, could you do the thing for Rolaren as well in Twitch? as well, if you don't mind, because that's probably a good thing to chuck in as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
So basically, AXI's new website is going to be the hub for all things AXI. And it's going to have an introduction to AXI, how you join up and help, their leaderboards, community news, Thargoid activity, which is a really useful place. Um, and they're also going to have stuff for the new carrier and the knowledge mode, which has been apparently is new and improved and now has dark mode. Um, so, you know, they've got lots of lots of new shiny things on the AXI's websites. And that that's a good thing, I think, because uh, they're awesome. And having a central place rather than try and look on the forums and hope is, yeah, it's, it, it works. But having having a website is a good thing, I think. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good resource, actually, if you want to go have a nose around it. So that, I believe, is us, Shan. Well, yes, we have some shout-outs very quickly. Um, The sister station to um, Lay Radio is Hutton Orbital Radio, and that broadcasts on a Thursday from half past eight UK time. And you can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or for just the audio at radio.forthemugs.com. And for the discerning commander who wants to try out the new CQC feature of this release, uh, you can check out the CQC Discord, which is uh, discord.me slash CQC. And um, for those in game, do we have a list of commanders who've been floating around by us? No, because we can't get in game either. Oh, okay. Well, come next week and we'll shout you out. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you uh, for those who've been in Twitch chat and, and, and commenting away. And uh, that is it for another episode of Lay Radio. If you'd like to get, get in touch with us on the show, then you can email us at uh, info at layradio.com or go to uh, facebook.com slash layradio or tweet us on Laid Radio at at Laid Radio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash Laid Radio. And we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can also find at teamspeak.laidradio.com. So do get in touch if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, or even if you want to remind Colin that he needs to get a new router uh, to come on. So Lay Radio is recorded on a Tuesday at half past eight and streamed out on laveradio.com. And thanks to Ben, thanks to Sue, uh, thanks to Commander Ventura hiding in the background but doing invaluable work, and thanks to our special guest uh, of Mac. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. News Digest, 9th of June, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Carrier Carryout opens for business. An SRV on legs. Commercial dispute puts Thargoid participation at risk. Decommissioning the Gnosis. Carrier Carryout opens for business. Two days after the frameshift drive became widely available, and nearly a month less than 1,000 days after they were first announced, fleet carriers are available for commanders to buy. For real this time. Any commander can have one, as long as they have 5 billion credits in the bank and are good for about 5 billion more for optional extras and operating costs over the first year. And commanders have been voting with their feet. At all 11 systems with a fleet carrier showroom, there have been queues snaking all the way around the car parks, with commanders standing two metres apart for social distancing reasons. Commander Thrust from Bradford, who'd been queuing in DSO since the 8th of October 3303, clutching a selfie with David Braben, managed to snag the very first fleet carrier, the Quite Interesting, which is expected to be the first fleet carrier to arrive at Semitas Beach on Friday this week. Complaints have been received from commanders whose brand new fleet carrier has been delivered to the wrong system. And a campaign has already started amongst fleet carrier owners to be shown a bit more respect by their overpaid employees. Carrier captains expect to be piped aboard, and they expect special attention from their crew, with the captain's anaconda being properly valeted and all that loose wiring in the cockpit sorted out. And today we find out the truth about the rumours that the fabled Panther Clipper might become available to purchase for commanders not quite wealthy enough to buy a fleet carrier. More details next week. If it did. An SRV on legs. Ahead of the release of fleet carriers... And ahead of the praise Brewer Corporation was expected to receive for its bug-free and dramatic launch, the Pilots' Federation sought to steal their thunder, with advance notification that in roughly another 300 days or so, it will allow its members not only to enter the atmosphere of some new types of world, but will also allow them to leave their cockpit and walk around on the surface of the planet. Commanders will even have a jetpack, so they can get themselves out of trouble just like an SRV. Commanders will not be able to see stereoscopically if they want to walk about, but there will be, in the words of Founders World founder David Braben, the super-fine scale that is needed for travelling on foot while maintaining the vast, raw distances measured in light-years. A very brief video shows two commanders walking across a detailed landscape on a world with a thin atmosphere, apparently oblivious to the aerial acrobatics just overhead. 
They appear to be carrying Nerf guns and are probably heading to a party at the secret base belonging to that anaconda down in the valley. Base building is not part of the package. That's what fleet carriers are for, just like Commander Plater said. But there will be social hubs, equipment shops, and a whole new set of engineers and engineering. And for the first time ever, you'll be able to set foot on an almost unlimited number of planets, leaving footprints as you head out to take that unique photograph of yet another previously undiscovered world. The Pilots' Federation has promised to publish a diary, telling of its plans and progress, but it's safe to assume that we have a while to play with our fleet carriers before we get to stand on our own two feet. Commercial dispute puts Thargoid participation at risk. A failure to pay Thargoids the union minimum means that their participation in future events may be at risk. Tharg the Mighty declined to let any Thargoids participate in the first Glimpse concept video of Walking on Planets, stating that if Thargoids are being asked to take their ships off and appear naked, the appearance rate doubles. Negotiations continue behind the scenes, and there's every possibility that Thargoids may put in an appearance ahead of the launch, or indeed, may appear as surprise guests. Decommissioning the Gnosis In a bittersweet moment, the scientists of the Canon megaship the Gnosis have been told that their ship will be taken out of active service in the week they finally managed to get results from a long-running experiment. The Gnosis, which can only jump once a week, has long been trying to jump into the exclusion zone of a white dwarf to allow scientists to study the effect on commanders of having their ships fried by microwave, gamma and all sorts of other exciting radiation. After months of trying, they've finally managed the difficult hyperspace jump to planet A1 of the Drojo FA-Q D5-6 system, which is roughly half a light second from the White Dwarf it orbits, in a location where it is essentially impossible for ships to take off or land. Much exciting science is being done, and many rebuys are being claimed. However, the scientists have had their elation punctured by a call from the Pilots' Federation saying that Cannon's research grant is to be withdrawn, following an assessment that many of the organization's research efforts appear to be frivolous and of a highly speculative nature. There are rumours that Cannon might have been getting perilously close to unlocking the secrets of the Stellar Forge and that the Pilots' Federation is seeking to shut them down before they publish. The Gnosis is famed for many feats, including jumps to otherwise inaccessible systems, and particularly for its failed attempt to jump to the Conehead Sector and the subsequent confrontation with Thargoids that was leaked in advance, leading to a suspicion that someone, possibly in the Pilots' Federation or the Club, might be in contact with the Thargoids and be coordinating operations against commanders. Although it will no longer be an active research vessel, a group of well-heeled well-wishers has formed a trust to preserve the Gnosis as a museum piece, complete with a solid gold statue of Dr. Arcanon. 
It will be maintained in running order and will follow a predefined bus route round a number of interesting sites with a hop-on, hop-off policy. Sites on its eight-week loop include a crushed Thargoid ship, a barnacle field, a proto-Lagrange cloud, anemones, a guardian beacon and the superfast planet Meteorontolo in the Epsilon Indy system. Cannon has asked if everyone who's used the Gnosis's facilities in the past few years could please write in the guestbook, which may be published as a souvenir, if enough guests can refrain from drawing rude pictures. And that's this week's ever-so-exciting Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news, so you don't have to. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? Night-night.